This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Modern Geek Podcast number 74, recorded February 11th, 2013. I'm Chuck. And I'm Juan. Welcome back to Modern Geek. Uh, I e-filed my taxes today. Ooh, nice. Or net file, as, as they're called up here. Um, is your deadline I, the same as ours? Uh, I think it's end of April or something like that. Yeah, April 15th. I, is. I, I never know because I put it in basically as soon as my T4, or I guess you would call it a W2, is yeah, available. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I know what I'm getting. And uh, That's you know, it. I, Most I just like to thank my brother. He's a, he's a, <laughs> he owns a house, so he'll be paying taxes. So I just like to thank him for that How's refund. That works. <laughs> wow, that's pretty weird because I don't know. Here, man, you get, a, you get a, an interest credit. Well, he, he what he does is that he uh, rents out the lower half of his house. Oh. Okay. So he has alternate income that he has to pay tax uh, on. Ah, yes. <laughs> so thank you, Stephen, um, for the <laughs> refund I'm about to receive. Nice. <laughs> I will enjoy your money. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I owe nothing. <laughs> but uh, I almost didn't get the chance to do so. Oh, yeah? um, so uh, the the individual's tax uh, program of choice up here is TurboTax, which used to be QuickTax. It's all into into it. Or sure, whatever. sure, sure, sure. So I I got my form last week, and um, I, I I from my employer went and put in all the numbers and everything. I'm like, okay, you know, look, I get money back. All right, whatever. And then I get to the point where I look on the government of Canada website and it's like, okay, if uh, net files opens on Monday to today, as we're recording. Right. So it's like, okay, awesome. This is great. So this morning I, uh, fire up uh, TurboTax or whatever. And I, uh, I pay for it because you have to pay a license fee and then you get your tax file back. And sure. You sure. Take that attachment, upload it to the government of Canada server and you're done. And then TurboTax, after accepting my payment, goes, so, um, yeah, NetFile isn't available at the moment. Um, we're not certified yet. Dope. And I'm like, what? So I go look on the, on, the, uh, on the government site, and they're like, no, TurboTax is verified. So then you start, I start looking through the help, and it turns out that there's a lot of other people asking this, because, you know, a lot of people want to get... <laughs> Imagine that. Go figure. And... Uh, the the g- generic response back is something like, oh, well, you know, we thought we'd be ready by now, but we're really not. And uh, it'll be available in the next couple days. And it's like, well, thanks for telling me that after, only after I paid for it. Um, no. Because there are alternates. They're not quite as easy, but I, yeah. And ironically, the uh, the one that you go buy on CD and install to your hard drive. Right. That, that's not the website. That one, you can export the tax file at any time. Huh. So it's like, um, so you're telling me that the only way to do an online filing of my taxes is to go to a store and buy a CD? <laughs> it's like, why don't I just mail them in? But uh, by, by around uh, 1.30 this afternoon, they had, uh, they had kicked it in his pants and let you download the tax file. So. Sweet. I, I just thought it was kind of weird. Like, you know, 
You know, it, it's like when you have to print off an expense form and mail it in. It's like, um, can we please move beyond having to, to, to use, you know, physical media for some of this stuff? It's so tough. You know, I, I, another funny kind of example of that that came up today was I saw, I was looking at Slashdot and, uh-huh. and they, someone had posted a, uh, uh, a, a piece talking about, uh, how, how many academics are against, these classroom management systems, you know, these classroom management applications like Blackboard and so on. Right. And I'll admit, I mean, Blackboard is pretty smeggy in a lot of cases. Even the newer installations are are not that great. And so often the institutions use old versions of it and it's just, it's ugly, you know? Right. But, but the excuses that you hear are really kind of weird. You know, they're like, well, I just don't understand. This just, it doesn't really do anything for us, really. I could just give, like, really all it does is distribute a syllabus, and I could just give them that on paper. And you're like, okay, there are about 50 things wrong with that. Like, number one, yeah, you can give it to them on paper. And then every time you change it, you know, we're just going to call you, right? right. Oh, wait, you're going to give us another piece of paper. And, of course, we're not going to know which one is the original one because that's, you know, we'll just have to keep up with that somehow or ask you or, you know, book your 30 minute office hour sometime during the week. And whenever that happens to be, hopefully that's not during another class we have. We can come ask you if this is the most current one or not. Right. <clears throat> and then, you know, the other thing, of course, is that they ignore all the other stuff that goes with it. Like a lot of the objections you hear are people saying uh, really come down to why well, don't want to provide you the transparency that that having grades in it would give you, you know. I don't really want to use this as my system because I'm comfortable doing something else and I don't want to do anything. And you know what? The reason I bring this up, not because very many people care listening, probably about the same number that are interested in Canadian taxes. <laughs> I, I think I think the reason I bring it up is because it's they're common complaints, you know? Yeah. Whenever if- you try to automate any damn system, it doesn't matter what it is, and I've been doing this for 10 or 15 years now, right? Every yeah. time you try to automate a system, there are people who are like, I just like the paper way. I know how to do it. Leave me alone. And there are people who are like, this paperway sucks balls. It's been really hard on me. You know, it costs us a lot. We need to fix this. And it's just this constant battle, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like you said, you, 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 there's, there's just so many examples of it. But uh, I, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. It is. It is. <laughs> and I think this is cool. I don't give a damn whether people care about it or not. I, you should bring this next item up because I think it's awesome. Okay, so uh, Canadian Penny is no more. Yeah, what's the, uh, the Canadian Penny they stopped minting last uh, May, I believe it was. And uh, as of last week, actually last Monday, um, they have started collecting them. Uh, Interesting. So they'll be collecting them and melting them down. Um, what are they made out of? I think the same as uh, U.S. ones like zinc with a with some kind of copper plating on them or something. Got it. So, actually, apparently that's why uh, there's there has been a couple bills in the states actually to get rid of the penny as well. But you know the zinc lobby is pretty strong. So, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, isn't this one of those cases? And I, I'm just kind of stupid about this, but isn't uh, isn't this one of those cases where they determine that the metal they're made out of is worth more than a penny? So yeah, it, co- just, it costs uh, one point nine cents to uh, or one point six or one point nine something like that to make cents one. to make a single penny. <laughs> it's like so, yeah, like yep, yeah, no, that's that's, that's not that's, gonna work. And you know, it's in, in a lot of the articles they were kind of uh, saying, you know, it, we may be taking in the pennies 
today, but you know, we'll be spending years and years collecting them out of people's couches and cars and <laughs> under cushions and uh, you know, from oh. corners and <laughs> it's like yeah, that there I don't know. I I have, I can't remember the last time I've used a penny to pay for anything. Um and actually actually the culture up here really is uh since we since we got on the debit card system early like i think it was 93 that uh Interac had a nationwide debit card system in effect um so i've basically grown up doing digital purchases <laughs> of everything from like a dollar pack of gum all the way up to you know a computer so i don't know there, there's a lot of and actually they they were saying you know here's we're going to have penny drives for uh to collect these in and we're going to, you know, donate some money to charity. The only problem is that those also have to operate at a loss because the amount of labor it takes to roll them and cash them in is not worth the, <laughs> the, uh, the 50 cents that you get out of a roll of pennies. So it's like, well, okay. Um, these are pretty much useless and you know, like the half penny before it, it's time to time to get rid of it. So, you know, it's a tough one. <clears throat> I, I can see, like I'm, I'm not quite sure how you go entirely digital because I mean I don't uh, think you can. Um, I mean, obviously, um, in terms of tracking purchases and stuff, they would want you to, but I think there's there's always going to be a, the need for physical currency. It's just that this is like a step towards modernizing it it's in the same way that uh, we've been converting to polymer notes up here. Like uh, the 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 new bills that you get are you know, 30 times as durable, they're going to last a whole lot longer. So it costs less to operate that. So you can still have the physical currency. It's just not that big dead weight of having to print quite as many bills every year and uh, mint as many coins that, you know, cost more to mint than they're worth. So I don't know. I, 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 it's weird having grown up with the penny and now everything's kind of debit transactions are still to the cent. Cash transactions are to the nearest five cents. Yeah, I kind of wonder how that works. Like, I mean, it I works mean, out pretty easy. It's like one cent or two cent or six cent or seven cent rounds down, and three, four, and eight, nine round up. It's actually really straightforward when you think about it. And they've actually, you know, have you know government signage that uh, like restaurants and stuff can put out at the tills and stuff, so that you understand how the rounding works. And they're still legal currency. So, I mean, there's going to be years of people accepting pennies, just not handing them out. I guess the part that that kind of catches me, I mean, maybe it's because I've spent so many years dealing with the back end of crap like this. The the part that pops into my mind is like, uh, you know, less what happens on a one transaction level. Like when you walk up and you you normally would have been 373 and it's 370 you know, five or, or four, you know, or, or three, seven, Superman or three scam. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, exactly. What happens to it? Like, like how do you deal with that in all the various systems who gets it and when and how, and does it add on to price or is it taxable? And you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. And, and, and actually they, they've set out some, like if you go on the government of Canada website, they have a whole thing that just describes how it works, but nice. Um, they they tried to, they tried to keep it really simple, like just you know the 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 lower two cents round down, the higher two cents round up, and all prices are only rounded after taxes are applied. 
So it's only off the final price, so it's not individual items. So then you don't have to worry about rounding everything and then applying tax and rounding the tax and then adding it all together. No, it's just calculated how you will. And then if you're paying it for cash at the end when you have a final number, it's plus or minus two cents. So who takes the two cents? Is it the government or the price, the the store? Uh, It is the, I believe it's the store. There's no subsidy for rounding down, but at the same price, at the same time, I, I, it would be interesting to see like a, a, a statistical model of how many sale, final sale prices end in one, two, six, or seven, and how many end in three, four, eight, or nine to see if on average you would, or on majority, you would round down or round up. But I think it would probably work out to roughly 50-50, so it, it's kind of a wash. Well, it's like it's got to go somewhere. So either it's going to come out of the tax or it's going to come out of the price. Or, well, or in more. Oh, right. In terms of filing. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the other part, too. I mean, uh, as long as we're just, you know, having fun going off on something that most people listening are probably fast forwarding through because <laughs> we're stupid <laughs> those, geeks. Those and we, damn Canadians with their taxes <laughs> and their pennies. <laughs> and the stupid programmers who can't help but wonder where all the money goes. You know, No, I mean, like, I remember one time I was working for a company uh, I, I, where I, I had built a system that handled the resale of a, of a bulk material throughout the, the, throughout the U.S., right? And and the problem they had was is that even though it was the same bulk material everywhere, the issue that they ran into is that the taxing on it was different in each place. Like for so we had this system that we built. I'm not kidding. This is the kind of crap you have to do, and this is why I'm stuck thinking this way. And I'm always the jerk who's like, uh, but what about you know? <laughs> because like literally, they had a system where every tax had to either apply or not apply to every other tax too, you know? So you could have like four or five different taxes. There could be like a, a federal ta- tax, a couple of different federal taxes. There could be uh, state taxes, local taxes, municipality taxes, taxes of the place where they were selling it, fees. All of these things could be, so like the state tax could apply to fees, but the municipal tax doesn't, but the state tax includes the municipal tax. And you got to like order of operations matters, you know, and crap like that. So I can't help but think whenever you throw out something like this as a consumer, I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's two cents. Who cares? As a, as a programmer, I'm like, holy crap. How do you deal with that? (laughs) So anyway, retail retailers (laughs) around the, around Canada are going, oh man. Yeah. And then you, like you said, you really wonder. So, I mean, the easy way would be, it comes out of the tax. Like, you know, so there's a, if there's a federal tax, they're like, cool, we're making you do this, we're going to eat it, whatever happens, either way, it's our two cents, or we get the extra, or or we get boned, up to you, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see, I should go read about it just to find out. Yeah, I won't there's bore a, anybody um, any further. There's a section on the like uh, budget.gc.ca that talks about the uh, the business side of things. Um, I think there's a couple PDFs there on in terms of how you would file your... Uh, your GST and HST, so nice. Which is uh, government? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm with you. Uh, the same company sold elsewhere, so I've seen. <laughs> ah, <yeah. laughs> Pretty funny. Anyway, we can move on. I'm sorry, I drug that out. Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What do we got next? The um, Surface. Yes, the Surface Pro. I have received uh, numerous emails and a couple voicemails about this. Um, the general consensus from from people seems to be that 
it looks cool and Juan, you don't know what you're talking about because uh, 64 gigs is what the market knows. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and I think we, if we didn't make that clear, I think we realize, I certainly do, and I know we talked, I could swear we talked about this this way. Well, we, we rambled about it. I, I think the, the, the thing, while I would like to have a realistic impression of what I'm getting with a device like this, I do understand that the the market sells things these ways. So, like, you know, the mom buying a tablet for their their kid is going to go, well, you know, Johnny wants the 64G one, so I'm going to get him all 64Gs. Yeah, that person, not, uh, not, not the Surface Target. Well, I'm just no, saying. <laughs> but there will be people like that um, buying these. Yeah. I mean... It'll it'll be the the kid going no mom I don't want the Surface that one won't run Minecraft I want the one that you know I want the Pro one because it's got the Intel in it. And- well, I think that the I think that the focus of all of this really should be that the Surface it's it, to me its main selling point is that it's a, if you were to if you were to imagine a, a a phone on the left side of the the you know what do you call it like left side of the continuum and a laptop on the the spectrum and in the a laptop on the right side of this continuum right yeah i'm gonna use continuum because i like the word okay all right i'm gonna keep using spectrum awesome good for you and (laughs) (laughs) douche away um and and then you know okay so so we have these kind of and and tablets fall in the middle of this right right somewhere and I think you end up with things like like a Nexus Seven, for example, which is pretty damn close to the phone end. You know, mm. it's it's bigger than a phone, but but you know, it's <laughs> well compared to a Note Two, not yeah. really. <laughs> okay, it's bigger than some phones. Fablets, not so much. But yeah. um, Fablet, how is Fablet a thing now? Isn't that awesome? I love uh, that word. I hate the first I, time I heard that word. I'm like, please don't let that catch on. You know why I love that word? Because it's so awful. As is the concept. Anyway. I think it's descriptive, you know, phablet kind of gives you, makes you cringe as does a phone that's as big as a damn Nexus. <laughs> it were a Nexus seven, you know, okay, yeah, yeah. so anyway, <laughs> it, it works, you know, it works, it works. It's awful and it works um, on the other side of, uh, you know, and, and honestly, I think that things like, like the, uh, the, the higher storage iPads and so on uh, fall relatively in the middle of that as well as do a lot of the 10 inch, uh, virtually all of the 10 inch tablets and everything, they have a form factor that is fairly large. Um, they, they offer significantly more capability than a phone, even if it's only because of that size, uh, in some cases more than that, but even if it's just the size, that's the case. And the surface, I think was kind of a brilliant idea to come in and say, let's, let's put something that's closer to the laptops side of this. It's not a laptop. But it's but it's a lot closer. We're going to give you the opportunity to run a full OS on it, you know, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, that could be well, really cool. And then they yeah. have an OS that really is designed to work that way, which is kind of cool as well. Yeah, although I I, I was watching a podcast where they were re- review, they had the Surface Pro and they were reviewing it. Nice, and they kind of asked each other, um, uh, you know, would you ever use this thing without the keyboard or having it at least nearby? And the and the answer was unanimously no. I mean, this, the, I the Surface Pro is definitely one where you are at some point going to want to snap on the keyboard and do actual work. Maybe, but I, I think it's worth noting that anytime you have convergence devices, right, you always have an issue of which device 
is gets the which device is the primary one. You know, yeah. a great example, a camera phone, right? Mm. You have you have you know like your your common phone camera phone these days, which is a phone that has a camera. Yeah. You know, and then you have Jermaine's device, which is <laughs> I, was, a camera I was like, how am I going to bring that up? No, that has can't. a phone. No, I'm I'm already ahead of you, dude. That yeah, has right. a, it's a camera that has a phone, and incidentally, uh, there have been some people that have played around with doing that as well. I forget who it was recently that made a camera, a modern one that was it was like Jermaine's, but but developed professionally. And you're like, damn, what a crazy what a crazy idea. So I mean, yeah, that's a little far out, but you see where I'm coming from. This, if you could imagine. Compare this to like those flip flip convert laptops that were popular a couple of years ago. Oh God! Right, the, uh, the ones that were running Android on the screen. Yeah, it was and a laptop. Windows on the uh, on the keyboard. It was a laptop that could become a tablet, which was a horrible idea. Right. Right. Yeah. Basically, when you plug the screen into the rest of it, the Android device became a USB memory. Oh, no, no, stick. no. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was thinking of like the laptops that they oh, sold. Oh, the swivel to around yes, ones. Yes. The, oh, okay. The yeah, swivel yeah. around. The, the original and, tablets. The right. uh, the ones that Bill Gates personally worked on. Right. Right. No, I mean, and, and these were pretty popular. I knew some people that actually bought them a, a few right. years ago because honestly, it's pretty much a laptop. Otherwise, well, there was that that there. There's a fringe use case for it, no matter how antiquated it was and right right there, remember there was that that phase too where there was a bunch of people converting macbooks uh oh right yeah with the wacom tablet uh, digitizer right, in front of right, them they, right no, I what do they t- call those things you know, you know what they were right yeah, I do, they, they, I they do. basically you buy a macbook pro you send it to them and they send it back to you where the uh the tablet is it's now a tablet yeah no i'm with you and and so but the thing is is i i want to focus on the first part instead of the macbook conversion yeah okay because essentially where I'm going is is that those things were laptops think of it like the phone camera phone thing there were laptops that could become that could be tablets right and and what the surface is is that same damn thing from the other side which actually makes a lot more sense it's a tablet that can be a laptop and yeah. and I think the truth is is if you look at how we use them I think a lot of people, including a lot of the reviews I saw, and I looked at a couple, and a lot of them I think are, are, are missing it. And it doesn't mean that this is going to take off or anything, because it could be that everybody misses it, and this just never happens. But I think there is an argument. Because if you think about it, if you think about how many times have you had your laptop with you, and you just really wish it could be a tablet? Never. But if you think about how many times you've had your tablet with you, and you really wish that it could be a laptop briefly... Well, that happens quite a bit. Yeah. You know, and, and and I just imagine that that this has a use case, a pretty wide one. It's just that I think it could be in the hands of maybe the least capable people in the world to well, identify that and sell it and let yeah, anybody I, I figure it out. I heard that the rollout numbers were about two per store. Yeah. I, I, and they're probably still in the store. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly... I, 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 I think it's a good idea. I, I am very excited about the Surface Pro and more funds unlimited. I would have one right now because it's yes. a very exciting product. I agree. It's just that it's being managed to death. And the, the other side of it that I wanted to bring up on this, um, uh, which which I, had, you know, I, I thought I had described, but I, I don't think I did actually, was the the other side of this memory issue, which was okay, if you're going to put Windows on a laptop, 
you may want to take some time and do a couple passes at making the code a little smaller. I mean, there, there's a lot of crap built into Windows, and a lot of it's legacy, and I, I understand that, but I'm sure there are places that space could be saved in, in this operating system. Uh, maybe so. You know, and, and that 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 was really, really a big gripe that I had is like, okay, well, you know, that I, that that was the argument is like, you know, you had iOS, and actually a, uh, a caller had described this. You had I, iOS, which was developed as an iPhone platform and upscaled to a tablet, whereas you have Windows, which yeah. is a full desktop operating system scaled down. It's a little bit harder to do that because, yeah, you know, expanding versus contracting, you're, you're compressing all this stuff into this size. Uh, machine is obviously going to be a little bit harder. Well, yeah. um, I, I know that they've probably done things to to make it uh, better, uh, smaller than it was when they were developing it, but you know, it still feels like it's like there's probably some some, some extra that they could do to make it a little closer to the uh, to the uh, the other tablet operating systems that are on the market these days. I I my take on it is that they shouldn't do that. They should, they should stick with as full as possible and carve out a niche in a different place than the other stuff. The trick to that would be that they have to explain it and sell it. And, and, and they just can't, I mean, if they, if they're, they're just not equipped to do that, they need to be showing us like, I don't know if you remember, but I remember when the iPad came out and I was like, that is fricking brilliant. That is going to work. And people were like, it's just a big iPhone. It's stupid. And they ran. <laughs> you remember? You remember that that cartoon that went around that showed an iPhone in the back of it, and everybody was like, ha 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 ha. And I'm like, you don't get it. The form factor is different. The use case is different. This is this is. I, I wish I could afford one of these, you know. And it was a year before I could afford one, and it made my life dramatically different because I was in school at the time. And all of a sudden, I had all my books on it. I did a lot of my reading on it. I did markup on it. I took notes on it. I did all kinds of stuff with it. Things that you would never do. That would be a total pain in the ass to do with a laptop. And and I think the same is true of the Surface and where they came from it. The difference is is that Apple was a company that was so good in the marketing department that they were capable of going out and explaining to to people who had nothing better to do than forward jokey pictures of of an iPad with an iPhone in the back of it and explain to them why it is they actually need the damn thing and what it's supposed to do for them and pound it against their heads until eventually it got in. Then all of a sudden it was the greatest idea ever, according to all those same people, you know? Mm. Microsoft is just never going to be able to do that. Microsoft is a huge business, a behemoth that is built around the idea of providing business tools and and essentially being the provider of what people need, not what they want. And and man, I don't know how they're ever going to sell this. It's a shame because I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I don't know that they're impl- I can afford one, so I don't know that their implementation is good or not, but I I need to go to the mall and play with one when I get a chance, but damn, I mean, I don't know when the hell I'm going to have time to do that, but what it, <laughs> what it comes down to is I I feel like if they could somehow just if they were smart enough to be able to tell us, 
you know what? This is what you do with it. And instead yeah. of instead of running ads that show people sitting at a table looking pretty with it or something. Let's demo the snap sound over and over again. Yeah. If, instead, no. if they actually showed us people in the use cases that, that this thing is weird to, you know, like the guy who wants to do something with his iPad that can't possibly do it because it's just not made for that. And this thing converted into the laptop and did it. And they showed a person like, hey, come on. Why am I the only one to think of this? Show a person throughout the day going around and using it like an iPad and then also flipping it open and using it like a laptop and using it, you know, and then flipping it back and using it in the other way back and forth and, and making their day easier, carrying less crap instead of, you know, instead just, of, hey, let's try to make a stylized ad that looks like an Apple ad from four years ago. Right. Right. <laughs> let's talk about it's, the 80s. Come on. Really? Who yeah, cares? Well, <laughs> I, I usually don't make a point of uh, advertising other people's podcasts, but uh, um, Windows Weekly on the Twit Network oh, it's um, good stuff. is a really great show. It's uh, uh, Paul Therott from uh, winsupersite.com and uh, Mary Jo Foley, um, who um, does a lot of stuff Windows. And they every week they spend like two hours talking about Windows, and they are both very passionate about all of the different, you know, all the OneNote integration and all the all the different services and f- products that Microsoft provide, but every week they just have to go. Uh, well, Leo, they've screwed up something else again. <laughs> it's <laughs> because so true. it's like they, it's like everybody wants Microsoft to do so well with these innovative uh, steps, but they just kind of they're just, not going to. They just take a little bit of a trip on the way. <laughs> okay. We have to wrap up relatively soon, but there is one more thing that I really want to talk about, and it's a ways down our list here. But okay, you got your Raspberry Pi running. I want to hear about this. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it's I, I'm currently compiling an NFS uh, mount uh, package right now for it. How long is uh, that going to take? <laughs> actually, what I did is I set up a cross uh, cross compile support oh. on my file server, so oh. when it needs to install something. It sends the jobs out to my file server, which has a dual core uh, uh, processor in it that can handle the the compiles real fast. Um, you have to build like a tool chain for the ARM processor, uh-huh. so that it'll compile it in the right machine code. Right, right, right. Yeah, but it works really well. Okay, I ran into a few bumps setting it up. Now, obviously, I'm I'm not one that's just going to take the you know like Raspbian image, which is Debian with uh, the Raspberry Pi install. Put into a nice Run you know, it, image go file. Go to the you app can, store and load some stuff and go. Oh look, I'm done. No, screw that. You're exactly, gonna want to. Yeah, you, you know. Yeah. I, I, I don't work that way. So first of all, I had brought brought in a 32 gig uh, SDHC card that I was going to use uh-huh, for uh-huh. it. Right? Um, and I did the install the way that you know the Gentoo wiki talked about. I'm using Gentoo Linux on here. Um, Hell yes. Because I use it for everything, and I just have complete support for all of my uh, helper straight. utilities and stuff that I've been writing for it. So I go to install it, put it on the card, and it doesn't boot. Okay, so I go reread, and oh, look, I didn't set it up correctly. I have to do these configs, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so I set that up. You know, it, it has, it's partitioned out so that part of it's a FAT32 partition, you know, just like a normal memory card. Right. And then the, and then the rest of it's Linux partitions and swap file and whatever, Right. Right. And so I finally get it working, and then it doesn't, it doesn't get past the initial boot. It says, I can't find the memory card. I'm like, ah, okay. So <laughs> I, I go back, and I look uh, at the supported memory cards list. It's on there, but I see for other memory cards, it has the same problem I'm having. So I've got a bad batch for this memory card. So this memory card is garbage. 
Oh, damn. Or the Raspberry Pi. It'll work fine. I mean, if you know, someone wants to buy it off me, I'll whatever. <laughs> Make you a deal. Yeah, exactly. I'll bring it down to the meetup. <laughs> but the, uh, I'm, I'm sitting there going, oh, man. Well, I don't want to wait. I'm working on it right now. Uh, and um, so I go, okay, wait a minute. And I dig through my junk pile. I have an old SD card, which, you know, it's not high speed. And it's like, uh, I don't know, I want to say 512 meg. But it's enough to put the boot partition on it, that little FAT32 partition, right? Right. So I format that. I'm, I'm doing this all off my netbook, too, because it's the one with the card reader. Uh-huh. So I've got it booted into Linux, and I'm doing all the setup. And I'm like, okay, well, I can, if I can get it to boot off that, that's fine, but I won't have enough space to install. And then I'm sitting there going, well, hey, here's an, here's an 8-gig USB drive I'm not using, a little jump drive. So I plug that into the netbook and copy all the Linux stuff to it. So then I've got the memory card plugged in for boot and then the USB stick for the, the, the operating system and all, this, uh, all the swap file and everything. <laughs> plug in the network card, plug in the HDMI, boots up, straight into Linux. And it's working now. I've got it cross-compiling, like I said. Um, I'm, I'm actually setting it up. I want to get rid of the USB stick. So I'm, I'm setting it up so that the root partition and all the software is going to be stored on the... Uh, is going to be stored on my file server and booted off the network to it. Nice. Yeah. This is cool. And I know this is all just like, well, this seems like a lot of effort to set it up, but I'm learning a lot about how the Raspberry Pi works. And, you know, I'm learning about uh, creating packages for Gen 2 that uh, support multiple architectures. Like one of the packages I have has a sensor package built into it, so it requires the sensors uh, software. But... On the ARM system, I don't have any, there, there really isn't any sensors in it. You can add sensors to it. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, now I can look, get to learn how to write a package that if it's on a specific uh, architecture, it goes into my code before it installs it and takes out the part that deals with the temperature <laughs> sensors nice. and then auto packages it. So that way, every time I upgrade, I can just run a script saying, you know, create the patch that will extract the temperature stuff. So then if you try to install this sensor package on or this uh, monitor package on ARM, it won't include the temperature sensor stuff. <laughs> That's sweet. I, I, this is like this, I haven't felt this geeky about using Linux because it's all become very straightforward since since I first started using Gentoo. I mean, back in the day, I, I mean, I, I have to have been using it since like its first year. So I'm, I'm like, it is my Linux of choice. And. This is bringing back all those feelings of, wow, I don't know how to do stuff on here. This is amazing. It is. So, it is a beautiful thing. Every so often you need something you just don't know how to do. Oh, yeah. Well, now I'm looking at firmwares of how to allocate the memory, whether it's to the video card or to the, to the RAM. And yeah, then I'm well, going to... as a server, you know, you can well, get some no, RAM back. Either that or I can set it up as a, as a dlna fronted nice because it does play back i think <laughs> up to five megabit 1080p nice out of hdmi with audio so <laughs> you're like so i like, gotta see that happen i want to see how well this works and if this could actually be a replacement to like say a 700 mac mini <laughs> that would be pretty sweet yeah so i i I I would say that for the average consumer this is definitely above everyone uh, definitely above their heads but uh if you're uh, if you're in the process of learning Linux and want kind of a weird way of uh, 
Like it's, it uses a completely different boot manager and everything. So if you want to, if you want a very weird case of how to run Linux, um, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, we are going to have to wrap up for this week. You got anything to add here at the end? Uh, no, just once more. Thank you again for all that feedback about the, uh, oh, awesome. the surf. It, it's, it's great to, to, to hear people get passionate about this. I, I, we had a couple of voicemails and stuff we couldn't get to, but, uh, it is, uh, keep, keep it coming because it's, it's, uh, it's good to to see people get excited. Yeah, and one last thing, just a, a reminder to everybody that we are in fact doing a uh, a Modern Geek Roundtable at the uh, 2013 International GWC Meetup in March. So if you're interested in attending, take a look at the GWC website, galacticwatercore.com. Click on the Meetup 2013 tab. Uh, you can register there if you wish to attend. Yeah, that's uh, March 15th through 17th in Dallas, Texas. Yes, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Those of you who will be there, I think we'll probably have some really fun discussions, and uh, we look forward to seeing you. And we'll see you next week here. Yeah. From everyone here at Modern Geek and GWC, thanks for listening. If you have something to add to the show, a news tip, feedback on anything we've discussed, or just some random awesomeness, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. You'll find other GWC podcasts, as well as the friendliest people in geekdom, on the GWC website and forum at galacticwatercooler.com. And don't forget, financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.